Good afternoon and welcome to the Elevated Life Podcast. I am Noelle Quarrel. This is episode 39 and today I'm going to be discussing kids' health, uh, kids with special needs, kids with chronic health issues, and just regular kids. Uh, I have found that most kids nowadays have a lot of health issues that they really shouldn't have that were basically taught are normal and they're not normal. And the reason they're considered normal now is because our kids' immune systems are just weaker and weaker as opposed to being stronger and stronger. So over the last 20 years, uh, it's been predicted that these generation, this generation of children, the previous generation of children, and the next generation of children are actually the first generations predicted to live shorter lifespans than their parents and typically it's been working the other way where each generation is predicted to have a longer lifespan and well there's different reasons for this prediction a you know people a lot of people do live longer than ever however what they don't ever talk about or measure in these studies is the quality of life that people they're just kind of talking about numbers and ages as opposed to the quality of life. So if you're talking about somebody who's living living a life sitting in a chair or lying in a bed or basically feeling terrible 80% of the time because they're on medications to keep them alive or medications to try to keep them feeling good, then that's not really the quality of life that I personally would want for myself or anyone I care about. But that's kind of how these statistics are measured. They're just measured by an age. So if somebody automatically is living to be 80, they're factored into these results, but they don't talk about how ill that 80-year-old is, for example. So when they do talk about that this generation of children will be living less than their parents, shorter lifespans, um, you know, part of that is because people are being kept alive longer than ever uh, but I'd love to see the studies on the people who are living to be 90 or 100 or 85 and they're living super high quality of life they're feeling good they're not sick they're not on medications they're active they're enjoying life uh, they're happy they're fulfilled you know I'd love to see those studies personally I don't know if there are any I haven't really looked into it uh, but I, I would imagine the percentage of people living like that uh, to be 85, 90, 95, 100, the percentage will be much smaller than the people that are living in nursing homes or assisted living homes and really not living a quality of life that you would really want for yourself in older age. Uh, or they're, they're basically... Um, incapacitated most of the time or, or requiring the health of the help of aides and nurses. So anyway, that's that's not the the lifespan I'm talking about. But why are our children predicted to live such why are our children now predicted to live less t- time uh, a shorter lifespan than us? And there's many, many factors for this. Now our children this generation, the previous generation, are the most highly inoculated slash vaccinated children ever in the history of the world. We've never had more vaccines 
being given to our kids or required by uh, schools, school admission, required by the government, required by the pharmaceutical companies. Uh, so we've never had more vaccines being given to our kids and they start at, you know, right when our kids are born. So that's one of the reasons. And, and if you're listening to this, I really urge you, in fact, I plead with you to please go on to Google and look up vaccine ingredients. And I believe the first result you'll find in Google will be the cdc.gov website. And it will be the insert ingredients for all the latest required vaccines, or most of them. I'm not sure every vaccine is on there, but I know most of them are. And I urge you to read these ingredients aloud uh, with your husband, wife, partner, or just by yourself. And actually look up what some of these ingredients mean and what they are. And then start to wonder what are we really putting in our children's bodies? Uh, so people who argue for vaccines very passionately and think that people who don't vaccinate are actually killing their killing their own children and then get putting everybody else's children at risk. Um, I urge you to just read about vaccine ingredients. That's a great place to start. And when I'm working with clients and they're healing, going through a healing process with them, the first thing I teach them is how to read ingredients because most people really do not read ingredients. They don't have any understanding of what's going inside their body or inside their children's bodies. So that's the first place to start, read ingredients. So I, I urge you, if you have vaccinated your children or are considering vaccinating future children, uh, to read the ingredients. That would be the first place to start. And then the second second thing is our children are actually being born, unfortunately, kind of absorbing the toxins that accumulate in us moms. Um, you know, the human body holds on to a lot of toxins and toxic residue from living a, a normal life. And some of us hold on to more toxins in our system than other people. So what happens now is they've they've discovered that they have actually named and um, quantified over 200 known chemicals, toxins, that actually pass through the cords, cord blood into our babies, unbeknownst to us as moms, and they used to not know this in the medical world. They used to feel that the baby was basically protected from everything in the womb. But obviously that's not the case. So what's happening now is they're realizing, meaning the medical world profession, is realizing that our babies are literally born at a disadvantage almost from the start because of the toxin overload in their system depending on how toxic the mom is. So if you have a mother with pre-existing health conditions, pre-existing medications that they've been on or taken during or before the pregnancy for even short periods of time or long periods of time, or you have a mom with and you know known chronic illnesses autoimmune diseases 
what that means is the mom herself is actually has an immune system that's already struggling to stay healthy. The immune system is already dealing with an onslaught of toxins because that's what illnesses are. All chronic illnesses and all illnesses or diseases are basically two things which are nutritional deficiencies, chronic nutritional deficiencies, and chronic cellular toxicity. That's what all disease is. So you have a mom, if they're dealing with any pre-existing illness that hasn't been resolved and that mom has never been fully detoxed, then what happens is a lot of those toxins that are causing the mom's illnesses are actually passed on to the baby. And that's why if you have mom also, a lot of moms have undiagnosed health conditions. And you can add thyroid issues into that or blood sugar issues or high blood pressure issues. These are all issues that stem from an overload of toxicity and nutritional deficiencies. So you can see where when we are pregnant, no matter you know how proactive and healthy we are during our pregnancy, of course that helps and that's great. It's what's going on before the pregnancy and what's been accumulating in our system that really matters. That's why I recommend women who are trying to get pregnant or wanting to get pregnant to actually consider doing some cleansing before they get pregnant because it will only help you know, clear the body of accumulated toxins and it will also increase your chances of getting pregnant, your ability to get pregnant, and also your the quality of your pregnancy and how you feel. So, so our babies are born with an accumulation of toxins from the mom and then they're unfortunately given an accumulation of toxins from these vaccines. And that's just the beginning. So what happens next, third, is if the mom is not able to breastfeed, which many women have a very difficult time with that for many different reasons, they immediately need to formula feed the babies. And then again, I urge you, if you've never done it, to read the ingredients in baby formula, uh, store-bought baby formula. And... Ask yourself how much of that formula is actual nutrients for the baby. So our babies are being given, unfortunately, again, genetically modified ingredients in these baby formulas. Um, And even the organic baby formulas have questionable ingredients in them. So that's kind of what happens next with our babies. And then we add in the foods that our baby starts to eat, which would be, you know, at five, six months. We add in these genetically modified, overly sprayed with toxic pesticides and fertilizers and other carcinogenic chemicals, these grains. So usually the first food we give a baby is rice cereal. That's very often a first food or we give the baby, you know, fruit or some vegetables. And again, unbeknownst to us, very often those fruits and vegetables are 
genetically modified and highly sprayed and so now we just started the baby off with a lot a lot more chemicals and the problem with grains real quick as a side note is it is that our grains are grown and sprayed and grains are like a sponge they basically absorb all these chemical sprays uh, when they spray these crops and the seeds are now genetically modified so and these genetically modified seeds were designed to explode in an insect's body in order to kill off an insect so insects stay away from the crop so imagine these genetically modified grains crops vegetables and fruit that we're given get now imagine what those do to us over time at obviously one bite isn't going to kill us but what what happens over time when we eat these these sprayed with known carcinogens these grains these fruits these vegetables um, that are genetically modified you could see where again we're just almost like a dumping down a dumping ground for chemicals now and that's what what's happening with our kids so when you have a child who has any type of immune system issue let's say your baby you you have a baby that's developing eczema or psoriasis or rashes or even worse your baby's constipated now this i could do a whole episode on which is baby constipation now it's very infuriating for me when I have parents tell me their doctors told them it was perfectly normal for their baby not to have a bowel movement for five, six, seven days. That that's totally normal for a breastfed baby or even a formula fed baby. Now I have to tell you, it's the most bizarre thing I've ever heard. It's like saying a human being isn't designed to eliminate toxins. A human being isn't designed to have a bowel movement several times a day. Now, I don't know if you breastfed or you're listening to this or if you're thinking of breastfeeding. I breastfed two children. I know that breastfed babies, from what I've seen, read, and experienced and been around enough babies to know is breastfed babies, especially the first six months, they go to the bathroom a lot. They're gonna, you're gonna have a lot of bowel movements with breastfed babies. Sometimes every single time they eat, they're going to be having a bowel movement, especially for the first few months. If a baby is constipated, meaning they don't go, but they don't one uh, actually constipation for a baby is actually uh, not going to the bathroom, just missing one day. Just like the same goes for a, a, an adult. If you don't go to the bathroom one day, you're constipated. You don't need to stop going to the bathroom five, three, four, five, six, seven days to be constipated. Go, not going to the bathroom just one day equates constipation. And especially for a little baby whose entire system is designed to absorb nutrients and move through the toxins and the waste very quickly because there's such rapid cellular turnover in a, in a new baby. Um, when they don't go to the bathroom, have a bowel movement several times a day as a baby something's very very wrong 
And what I have noticed is every single parent that I've ever worked with who has a baby who isn't who who is constipated, that baby's also not not uncoincidentally having other health issues as well that the doctor is now prescribing medications for. Other other um, illnesses such as again eczema, psoriasis, uh, sinus congestion, asthma. I mean, these are all things that babies deal with now, coughs, infections. Now, a healthy baby that has not, let's say a baby who has not had any vaccines, a baby that where the mom is as healthy as possible uh, and breastfed, that baby most likely isn't going to get sick no matter how many people that baby's exposed to because the baby's immune system, especially when breastfeeding, is very strong, innately very strong, unless unless we've done something to damage the baby's immune system like all the vaccines or toxic chemicals or et cetera. So, I, again, I can speak from personal experience that my daughter, who I breastfed for actually two years, she didn't get her first cold until two years of age. Literally not even a sniffle or anything till she was two and then she got her first cold which was insignificant. She was over it in 24 hours or something. Um, But that is what is really normal. Uh, Babies are so strong and healthy innately but we aren't used to seeing that anymore because of what we do to our children. We are damaging their immune systems so so much that we don't realize, and either does the medical profession anymore, they don't realize what a truly healthy, normal baby is supposed to be. So now they have all these diagnoses for babies because they see so many issues. Not, not one of which is uh, autism or ADD or ADHD or behavior issues or cognitive delays or motor skill delays. And these are all issues that stem from a weakened immune system and too much toxins, too many toxins accumulating in the system and not enough nutrients actually getting into the system. And this starts to happen at a very, very young age. So the question isn't really why our kids are so sick anymore if it's really what can we do about it what can we do to create healthier kids that don't have to go through life with all these different health issues what can we do to create kids that feel good they their their brain works well they can think clearly they can their behavior is quote unquote normal in that they don't feel like they're going crazy. A lot of parents deal with kids with behavior issues or special needs, me being one of those parents. Uh, I know more than practically anybody what it's like to have a child with special needs. And I also know what it's like to have a child who doesn't have special needs. And I can say that every single child has, you know, their own set of unique 
um, challenges and benefits and all those things, but a child with special needs can require a lot of extra time and energy and patience and focus and discipline and love and attention to the point where sometimes you just don't feel like you have any more in you. So I know what it's like to have a child with special needs and I also know what it's like to see that child overcome things that were really hard for them to deal with. Because what I what it took me a long time to realize is when a child is acting out or has a behavior issue or is exhibiting OCD behaviors or you know obsessive repetitive behaviors or frustrating behaviors or meltdowns or or whatever you so many different things kids go through it's because they don't feel right their brain doesn't feel right their body doesn't feel right and they don't know how to express it because they don't know what's going on and very often we don't know what's going on and what I've learned over the years and working with so many parents and working of course with my own son first and foremost always working with him and seeing what works and what doesn't work with him what I've learned is that the simplest things sometimes solve the biggest problems the simplest things sometimes solve the biggest problems and very often the answers are right in front of us and we just don't even see them and my passion is helping parents help their kids. Because when our kids don't feel right, we can barely function. Because, I mean, think, you know, I know what it's like. If you're stressed out about your child going through something or not feeling good or not being able to resolve their issues, it's just this never ending feeling inside of you like you're just never doing enough to help them. And it's a terrible feeling. So I know that feeling. I have felt it. Um, And as if we don't feel enough guilt as parents anyway, you know, we beat ourselves up for so many things. But when your kid is struggling and you feel like you're not helping them enough or doing enough, it's even though you're trying, it's just the worst feeling in the world. So... I'm doing this podcast because I want to explain that there are ways to help our kids. It doesn't almost matter what the diagnosis is. So if you have a child with special needs, and that's autism or Down syndrome or cerebral palsy or, you know, learning disabilities or cognitive delays or motor skill delays or OCD, ADD, ADHD, weakened immune systems, autoimmune disorders, chronic allergies, asthma, infections, you name it. If if you have a child that you're struggling to help or struggling to find answers on how to help them, I'm I'm going to help you. Uh I find that there's some really huge advantages to helping kids. A, kids heal really fast. B, kids 
always want to feel better than they are. So they're usually very compliant in doing what you ask them to do, even if it means making some changes, because they innately want to feel better. And just like adults, when an adult is at rock bottom and feeling worse than ever, they will literally do whatever it takes to get better. That's why I love working with people when they're at the rock bottom. And typically, these are the only people I work with. So I love, I love working with kids. Kids get it. All you need to do is explain to a kid, hey, do you want to feel better? And they, they're always going to say yes because a kid knows when they're not feeling good, even if they don't even know how, they don't even know what it is, but kids know innately when they're not feeling better, feeling good. And I mean feeling good physically, and I mean feeling good mentally. And kids know, they, they you know, very often our kids have been feeling bad for so long that they don't even have anything to compare it to. They're just used to feeling bad. They don't actually even know what feeling good feels like, which always breaks my heart. But that's the sad reality for a lot of kids. So when I can see a kid start to feel better, they first things that happen is they act better. The behavior issues start to completely stop. The acting out stops. The temper tantrum start stops. The meltdown stops. The, whatever your child seems to do, that starts to go away. Then what you notice is their energy stabilizes. So if they're super hyperactive, that's that comes back to the middle. If they're super tired and lethargic all the time, that goes to the middle. Kids start kids will increase their energy capacity when they're if they've been feeling lethargic and slow, and they will decrease their energy capacity a little when they're overly hyperly hyperactive or over easily overstimulated. So it's fascinating the what the way the body the human body is always trying to maintain homeostasis, the human body is always trying to maintain balance. It always wants to be healed. So everything that happens to our body in the form of symptoms is just the body's way of talking to us and trying to get our attention because it's trying to maintain balance and it wants us to do more to help it maintain balance, to help it normalize. And kids' bodies do this faster, way faster than adults or even teenagers. Kids heal so fast. And again, that's why I love working with kids because we see fast results. So the good news is, again, that there's things that we can do that begin healing our children right away. They're not that difficult. They're not, they don't require that much from us, and yet they make an enormous difference in our kids' health, in how our kids' brains function, how their immune systems function, how their digestive systems function, and when you start to heal your kid, guess what? They stop getting sick. 
They don't get all these colds and flus and infections and skin problems and asthma and allergies and ADHD and ADD and OCD. All these things start to go away. Their cognitive function increases. Again, their behavior starts to normalize. Their energy normalizes. They're not bouncing off the walls and they're not always sleeping. It just, their energy normalizes. And a beautiful thing too is if you have a child with a weight issue, I want to just stress to you, it's one of the most dangerous things we can do as a parent is allow our children to carry excess weight because that symbolizes excess toxicity in their body. And also they don't feel good when they're, they have excess weight. Who does? Nobody feels good when they're overweight and especially kids. And typically what happens is when parents are overweight, the kids are overweight. And that, that is like a cycle of self-abuse that we teach our kids, unfortunately. We teach our kids it's okay to abuse our bodies with toxic chemicals and foods and sugars and things that make us overweight. And we basically continue this cycle of self-abuse that I know deep down inside, no parent wants to continue that, but that's what happens. And so the great thing about learning how to heal your kids is you learn how to heal yourselves also in the process. And again, the simplest, simplest things make the biggest impact in our, in our health. It's just fascinating the way it works. We don't need lots of complicated things to turn our children's health uh, around at all. And so if you're interested in hearing more, please let me know. Just send me a message on Facebook if we're Facebook friends. It, uh, email me at noelle, N-O-E-L-L-E-Q-U-E-R-O at gmail.com and tell me you want to hear more. Go to my website, thebodyreset.com and go under Kids Health and you'll see how um, you can get started healing your kids. And I'm going to continue talking about this some more and I hope this was helpful. So uh, thank you for listening and I hope you have an amazing day and let's try to get our kids as healthy as possible together because they are our future. When they feel good, they do good. When they feel good, they feel confident. They are not afraid to try things. They don't have anxiety. They don't have depression. They're not going to be drawn to drugs and alcohol because they're going to feel good. And they're going to learn to honor and respect their bodies, the only one they have. And when we teach our kids to honor and respect their bodies, wow, it's powerful. It is so powerful. Uh, I can't even tell you. So I appreciate you listening today. And again, reach out with any questions. Thebodyreset.com, noelquero at gmail.com. Or go to Facebook. I'm all over Facebook under my name, under The Body Reset, and under the Elevated Life Podcast. Thank you for joining me today, and I look forward to talking to you, talking with you very soon. Bye-bye.